I'm Stephen. And I'm Kevin. In today's episode of The Stephen and Kevin Show, we're going to talk about Advisor Marketing Simplified. This is, in fact, season two of the Stephen and Kevin show, and season two because we took a little bit of a hiatus, yep. so we're moving offices. So you might notice a little bit of a different backdrop, maybe a little better video quality than mm-hmm. some of our, check out our first few episodes, you'll notice a big difference. Oh my gosh, those are actually and, uh, kind of fun to go back and look at. I'll tell you what's scary now is I was going back and watching some of those as we're revamping this studio, and so often now we watch it not on our computer, but either on our smartphones or on the big screen. Mm-hmm. YouTube and other networks are so ingrained on the big screen, you pull it up there and it's like, oh my gosh, that's embarrassing quality video. Uh, but nevertheless, we're excited to be in the new space. What uh, What's your favorite part about it, Kevin? My favorite part about the new office is the speakers, right? We have now, we have speakers everywhere, right? So we can play music throughout the whole office and then when Steven's not here on Fridays, we can really kind of like pump it, you know? Uh, you know? Of all the but, act, I, but actually, I do love that. I love the soft uh, music nice. kind of playing. I think it's awesome. Uh, I tend to be more focused on getting work done when I'm at the office. So I tend to like, I don't know, the studio a little better, my <laughs> office a little better. Anyway. Uh, but, but it's been an incredible amount of work moving. Yeah, exactly. Moving is a pain in the neck in so many ways. Plus, we're not even out of our old office yet. we still got a lot of junk over there that we need to get out. I know. We so. have to go meet a junk removal guy like so today. It's like moving houses, I think. When you, you get into the mode, you're so excited to be in the new space, and then it's like, oh, gosh, we still need to go through some things. Well, especially once you're in the new space, and then you're like kind of forget about the old space. Like It shouldn't even exist anymore, but it does. It right? does. Yeah. So anyway, on to today's topic. Today we're talking about advisor marketing simplified. And we're simplifying by talking about it in two very distinctive ways. Number one, we want to talk about just the core of our recommendations around relationship marketing, warmer prospecting strategies. Mm -hmm. And And number two, we're going to be talking about not over-talking your co-speaker. No, uh, <laughs> we're going to be talking about consistency with those warmer strategies, I'm which is glad, the biggest challenge. I'm glad you didn't say stop, revamp. Uh, no, yeah. but yeah, you're right. Consistency of execution, right? So we're going to give you an idea of our methodology and hopefully help you with your existing marketing. And then we're going to talk about, yeah, how to do it on a consistent basis. So one of the first things we talk about is always warm strategies. Sometimes we refer to it as relationship style marketing, mm-hmm. right? And... Um, and this is really designed, I think, for, for bigger accounts uh, and probably a lot of times appropriate for an advisor who's really established or knows a lot of people, right? I mean, I think if you're brand new, colder strategies might make more sense uh, to some, or maybe it's a little bit of a mixture of both. Yeah, it's a mixture, but uh, nevertheless, today we're gonna be talking about warmer strategies and first of all, why we recommend them. Mm-hmm. We recommend them not because it's our passion to talk about referrals and intimate client events. We like talking about them because they work, yeah. right? And we do a lot of research on advisors and what's bringing in new business for advisors and strategies like referrals, introductions, client events, alliances with other professionals. These tend to work better for million dollar plus accounts, which most people are after nowadays. Well, and also we research affluent investors, right? So like we're researching advisors and we're researching affluent investors and we're finding out what they're most receptive to. And it is typically some form of word of mouth influence, right? 
So it's like, how do you incorporate that into your marketing? So one of the, the core things you might think about is, is referrals, right? How do I get more referrals? And you know, we're not big fans of some cheesy referral script. We don't think that you should be out asking for referrals. We think it weakens your overall positioning and it sounds like you're groveling for business, but there are some things you can do that increase the likelihood that someone's gonna refer business to you. Yeah, we've done some research over the last couple of years to try to decipher why some people get more referrals than others. What are some of the underlying behaviors? Do they treat their clients better? Mm -hmm. Are they more social with them? Are they in positions where they could get referred? In short, yes, all three. But uh, there's a reason why some people do get referred more often. Yeah. And you can look at some of what happens there. When you get referred and it's a good client of yours recommending you to somebody else, there's a credibility transfer. Yeah. And that's why it works so well. Yeah. So when you look at some of the activities that I rambled off earlier in terms of alliances with other professionals, hosting small events where clients bring guests, all of those work because of that credibility transfer and because me as your good client and bringing my friend Kevin, who is a lot like me, and that says a lot to Kevin about my relationship with you. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Uh, and referrals are a little bit of a close cousin with introductions, right? And we, we talk about that a lot. Uh, now, again, we're not big fans of asking for referrals, but we are fans of asking for introductions when the timing is right and if we do it appropriately, right? We never want to be off-putting or, or um, seem too salesy or aggressive. Yeah, so when you look at some of these, we're calling this advisor marketing simplified because we're going to hit it from two different angles, both the activities and then we're going to talk about a bit of a routine and the consistency aspect of it. When you look at, well, we're talking about a handful of activities here. How do you simplify it even more? You only really need one or two of these to work for you. Mm -hmm. So when you look at, well, should I be running events? Should I be working on partnerships with accountants? Should I be working on referral business? Hey, if you picked one of them and you got really, really good at it, that'd be all you need. Right. Well, that's, that's exactly right, one, so, or, one or two of them. Yeah, but today in, in this first chunk of our time together talking about some of these warmer strategies, let's explore some of the options. Maybe you're gonna be one who grows primarily by referral. Kevin, what would you say if you wanted to grow primarily by relationship with accountant or attorney, what would be your game plan if you were an advisor? So I guess at a high level, I would start with any low-hanging fruit. So I would take a look at your top 25 clients and I'd say, okay, well, have I met them all? Right, and if you haven't met them all, then that's probably where I would start. I wouldn't like pick up a phone book or just start using LinkedIn to try and build relationships with, with um, centers of influence. And then from there, I'd be getting permission from a client to reach out to them, I'd be reaching out to them, I'd be um, probably showcasing my practice at some point, and then again, a lot of other things that we coach advisors through, mm -hmm. but that's where I would start, with, without a doubt. Um, if you don't have a lot of clients, right, and I'm sure that there's some listeners here who don't have you know, a big client base, um, then I would be asking friends and family, who'd they use? I'd ask you know, other people that you know, your neighbor, right, who, do, who does he or she use for, you know, who's their accountant, and then start going that way, because the warmer method is just gonna be the easier route. Now, if that doesn't work, then I'd go, I would go LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. And we've actually had a lot of success um, helping advisors schedule meetings with centers of influence via LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But you can sense the warmness of that strategy. You're reaching out through mutual contacts to find other professionals who you might strike up a good partnership with sure. over time. And I think that's one of the differentiators between some of the warmer stuff and the colder stuff. We get, uh, uh, I would say, a fair number of calls from people who really want immediate results. They want it happening yesterday. Mm -hmm. 
we may refer to them as lead hunters affectionately here, right. but people who want results like as soon as you can possibly get them. And that is at odds a lot of times with how these marketing strategies work. Yeah. Right? And it's not us saying, well, you should take it slow. These happen more slowly than the colder tactics that work better on smaller clients. Mm -hmm. So if you want smaller clients, use colder strategies. You can put some numbers on the board pretty quickly if you're looking for people who have lower investable assets. Yeah. When you think about colder methods, I mean, you could think about cold calling, mm -hmm. right? Door knocking. Mm -hmm. um, there's some colder methods you could use via social media, right? And building some sort of funnel and, you know, running Facebook ads and, um, and, it, and it will, it can work, absolutely, you know, um, but it's typically going to be a smaller client. But you can still use social media, though, to bring in bigger clients. It's just going to be, you're going to have to build trust over time, right, with an audience. And you're going to have to do a lot of retargeting, and you're going to have, again, it's, it's just, if you're looking for the quick fix, that's not it. Yeah, and I think that's the, uh, the, the hard reality for a lot of people who reach out to us, is that, while can we help you bring in bigger accounts, and can we help you do it consistently? Yeah, we've done that for a long time. That's our sweet spot. Uh, is it going to happen next week? Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so you have to look at it with a little bit of a long-term lens on some of these strategies and look at it and say, well, to Kevin's example, if I'm going to work on partnerships with accountants, let's say I, I call my clients today and get recommendations to who they use. I meet with those people. I walk them through our process in my office. I make an effort to engage them personally. When's the first time they're going to refer me a big client? Probably not in that first month. Right. It's going to take a little bit of a build for them to Don't get to know. Don't hold you. your breath. Yeah. And yeah. I, mean, I think you can, the same can hold true across all the strategies. When you look at something like hosting small client events where you're encouraging clients to come and bring guests, the planning of an event, the hosting of it, the interaction with the prospective client who attends and ultimately landing their account is not something that happens overnight. Mm -hmm. Right, so when we look at all these things, building a, a big referral-based practice, working on alliances with other professionals, using social media, yeah. uh, working uh, community contacts, hosting small events, all of those things take a consistent effort over time to make them work. Yeah, I, I'd say like the one that's the fast, like if, if I'm talking to an advisor who is like, hey, what can you offer me that maybe I can implement pretty quickly to drive some results? Um, you know, if you're looking short term, you know, I think it's more of turning social contacts into business opportunities, like ones that you already have a really established relationship with. Like that would be yes. like the shortest term one. Like I already know a couple of these business owners in town really well. I'm like buddy buddy with them, and I've just never brought up business. But how do I do that? Like we have some strategies to help you transition social to business, and that could be something that's more immediate. But you think it's immediate, but truly it isn't because you've taken a lot of time to build that relationship, right? And now you're at that point where you're saying, yes, I'm ready to go for the business. Yeah, and I, I don't want this to feel like it's demoralizing and we're saying, well, it's going to take forever. You're not bringing in accounts. Right. No, you, you just have to look at it realistically on, on just two different paths. What immediate business can I get done mm -hmm. through existing connections and things that I have already been building over the years? And how do I plant the seeds now for future business opportunities by putting in the hard work around some of these other relationship-based methods? So, yeah, so if you're looking at these, like to your point earlier, Stephen, most advisors we work with, you know, whether it's referrals, introductions, centers of influence, social prospecting, intimate events, social media, most don't do all of them, right? But they do a couple and they do them really, really well, right? And they do them very consistently and they, they kind of master those activities. I haven't worked with anyone who's done all of them and had a lot of success. I feel like they spread themselves too thin and they don't do anything really that well. Yeah, I, I, I think there's a lot of truth in that. And when, when people tend to ask us about our recommendations, what do you what do you tell you know what do you recommend when it comes to marketing for advisors? 
we are very narrow and deep in those recommendations. We don't think you ought to broaden away from a lot of what we talked about today. Like if you're coming to us for advice, I'll give you a shortcut through that. Mm -hmm. We're going to recommend a, some combination of those strategies right there and probably not broaden it a whole lot from there Yeah. until we find evidence that other strategies are working better. That's true. Right? Yeah. So well, evidence in the in the terms of, yeah, I mean, you can't just take anecdotal evidence, right? You have to take like research-based evidence. Because, I heard there was a guy yeah. who could line you up with meetings exactly. with accountants all over the country. <laughs> it's like, well, that's hey, exactly good luck, right. Man. Yeah, good and luck. that's that's anecdotal. Like that's just like a, there's always an exception. We don't coach or, or train to exceptions, right? We coach to research, right? And the the overall aggregate. I mean, there there's an advisor who was from one of our programs who was saying like, oh, well, I know an advisor who um, he rents a food truck. And he, you know, plants it outside of, you know, major office buildings and offers free hot dogs in exchange for business cards and blah, blah. And he's like, he's doing pretty well. Yeah, I don't have research behind that, right? <laughs> like, I don't have research that the food truck strategy is, is working, right? But I have research that introductions and centers of influence and strategic networking all really drive good results. And social media done correctly drive really good results. So when we say go, you know, go narrow and deep into some of these things, pick one or two of them and go nuts with it, right? It's often been said that everything works and nothing works in marketing. You could pick the worst marketing strategy and if you do enough of it, which leads into what we're gonna talk about next in consistency, it's gonna work for you. Yeah, it's gonna work like in Like you some could way. do the food truck idea all over town. Be like Mr. Food Truck. If you were Mr. Food Truck financial advisor, and you did that all over town. You did it consistently. You'd land some accounts with it. Now, would I do it that way? No, but you could. You can make it work. But think yeah. about the power of it of, of just narrowing your focus to one or two of these ideas, and getting not only uh, really consistent with it, but really good at them. Mm -hmm. Like there's a huge difference in advisors who can successfully get introduced from current clients to people in their spheres. Yep. And, and do it really well, That's right. they have a knack for it. There's a big difference in someone who can socially prospect in the community and land you know, the person at their golf club, the person at their church as clients, versus those who struggle until eternity in, in making that conversion. It's a skill set. That's true. Um, I, to your point about consistency and such, you know, I, and I know you've heard the story a million times from me, because a lot of times we'll present, co-present, and we'll share stories. but. Um, I had an advisor who called in a while back, and he said, um, <laughs> are you taking a breath here? No, I, I think it makes a really good point. You know what story I'm going with, I think. Maybe, perhaps? No, no. no. okay. Um, so, advisor called in a while back, and to get him on the line, he's interested in coaching. He's a, he's a prospect for us at this point. And uh, he said, hey, so you're the marketing guy, so um, give me your best marketing idea. And I was like, uh, I was kind of like stunned. And That's I was you like, on your side. Man. Like, I was like, oh, oh boy, no, geez. You know, I was like thinking, one, I don't know if I want to talk to this guy anymore. And like, two, like, it just, it just felt like adversarial the way he was saying it. Right? What's your best marketing? What do you got for me? And I took a breath and I thought about it a little bit. And I said, well, it's, you know, the, the marketing activity that you actually implement. And uh, he got really Boom. quiet. It's like, <laughs> yeah. And um, he got really quiet. And he's like, oh, okay, yeah, good point. But like, you know, what what kind of strategy? And then I talked to him about some of these strategies. But that's your point about consistency, like that everything will work to some level, um, to, to some degree. We're just trying to pick activities that are, you know, high impact activities. Ones that we know that if you actually put even more energy into, our research shows you're going to get more output from it. Yeah. I think it was Zig Ziglar one time that said, you can find a pretty good biscuit in a dumpster sometimes, <laughs> but that's not the first place I'd look. That's true. Right? Yeah, e exactly. 
Not that I'm <laughs> equating your clients with biscuits or bi dumpsters with their neighborhoods. Um, uh, the point is made. The point is made. Yeah. But so let's look at this in, um, on two really simple levels. We talked a little bit about some of the warmer strategies we recommend that every financial advisor does to some extent, whether you're new or whether you're a veteran, every, everybody ought to be working towards those. So pick a couple of those, right? Yeah. Get really good at those. Now here's the challenge with them. When you look at the colder stuff that used to work, it was so repeatable. You can door knock at a certain frequency and that's real measurable. How yeah. many doors did you knock? You can cold call with certain frequencies. Many people built their careers on that you know, 20 and 30 years ago. How many dials were you making? Mm -hmm. Now, go around to any branch office of any firm out there and you start asking around of, of questions like, well, how many times did you socialize with your clients in the last month? How many names did you uncover within that client's circles? Right. How many intimate events did you host last year and how many prospective clients came? You can start to look at the numbers and they get real murky because they're naturally a little harder to measure. So the trick is going to be putting structure around this relationship marketing, right? That's the secret sauce. So like, how can you do that? And then be really consistent with that execution. You're going you're to see tremendous results if you, if you can figure out a way to do that. Yeah, and I think a lot of people look for just the magical routine. It's one of the conversations I end up having a lot of times with people who are inquiring about our services is, what, what should my ideal routine be? Mm -hmm. Now, in fairness, um, it's not my place in my first conversation with somebody to figure out what that routine is. It's a little bit di different for everybody. But I think the, the, the answer is often in, uh, let's do some experimentation, and let's find some things that you're pretty good at, and then let's double down on them. Sure. And so, and that's where the consistency comes into play is if, if let's say for example, that we're going to start running client events and that's going to be the way that we grow in this coming year. Now, if I do once a quarter, it's going to be slow progress. Once every couple of months, maybe a little better. What if I'm doing it every three or four weeks mm -hmm. and I'd call that really consistent. All of a sudden I'm getting better at these and I'm going to arrive at whether or not they're the, really the, you know, my go-to activity when it comes to marketing. Yeah. I feel like, so each of these strategies that we talk about, intimate events, centers of influence, right, social media, all of them are the overarching kind of strategy. And getting tactical is, is the activities under each of those. So if you're talking about intimate events, which you're holding them, you know, let's say once a month, there's a lot that goes into that, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, you're probably sourcing guests to come, making the invitation calls, right? Following up with guests who come and like, ha all of that is all the, the sub activities that you have to get really good at. Um, I mean, I've talked to advisors before who've held intimate events, and I know you have Steven as well, and then they're just client appreciation events. They end up being that. Well, our clients had a good time, and it was fine, but don't get any business out of it. Well, did you have any guests there? Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. If they, if they do, did you follow up with the guests? Well, you know, it didn't feel comfortable, it didn't feel right. I mean, again, it's, it's, it's doing all of those sub-activities and setting some activity goals. So knowing that you know, if I'm doing introductions, how many am I going to ask for every single week? How many names am I going to source? Right. And, mm -hmm. and having those targets so that you have something to work towards. I think many of you out there are on teams and mm. people team for a variety of reasons. I think one of the, the things that's most beneficial about it is the accountability that comes when everybody knows the game plan. Everybody knows your activity metrics. So if we just dumb this down, if we simplified it a little bit and said, all right, we're picking one activity. I want more referral flow this year. Yeah. All right. Well, we can look at some of the underlying activities and say, well, the more you socialize with clients, the more that happens. Mm -hmm. The more you ask for introductions, the more you get them. The, the, uh, you know, the better you treat clients in general, the more they're going to recommend you. How do we quantify that? 
right? So how many times a week am I taking somebody out for a, a lunch? Uh, what's, our, uh, what's our minimum budget spend every week for small gifts for our clients, mm -hmm. right? What are some of these measurables that Those are I, all the sub-activities. Yeah, right? that, that the team can help hold me accountable for that if I just get really nutty with it, you know, and when people talk routines with us, if you want big big results, you want to put up big numbers, you yeah. got to have a big routine. Yeah. It's like, I want to get super fast at a, at a half marathon. Well, yeah, well, if I run every few days, maybe I'll get there. <laughs> you know, if I want big results, I need a big routine. I got to train hard. You need big routine and you need time to, to implement that routine. Right, yeah. and I think that's your, your point earlier too. And one other thing, and I feel like we call this advisor marketing simplified, and we keep like layering on more. Complex. <laughs> yeah, here's what else you need to be so Here's more what else. complexity to it. But I but I want to add this in that you also should have some sort of baseline or something that you're you're starting from. So like if you think about referrals, like one of the things we would teach any client to do is is well, how do you measure your current referral flow rate? Mm -hmm. Right. What what are you at right now? Right. What's your baseline? Okay. Cool. So like, how can I know that the activities that I'm implementing are actually you know, moving the needle a little bit. You, you have to have a starting point. So for each activity, you should say, well, what am I getting now? Okay, then it start implementing some of those sub activities and see if you're, if you're getting the uptick. Yeah, absolutely. So your takeaway from this short podcast today, I hope is twofold. Which One, we got a new studio, which is kind of cool. That's not the takeaway. That's a very <laughs> self-serving takeaway. Um, what the, the, the takeaway, where I was headed on this one. Yeah. Is that I hope you pick like let's let's say for simplicity's sake, you take one activity that we referenced today that was not new to you. I guarantee you, you've heard about these things before, and that you pick a frequency for how often you're going to do something, right? To get doing those two things together. So let's yep. say for example, you pick I want to I want to get better at getting referrals from accounts this year. All right, let's take one measurable and that's calls into accounts or meetings with accounts, and let's put a metric behind it. How often are you gonna do that every week for the rest of the year, mm -hmm. right? You will put up big numbers if you do that. How many people will commit to it? Well, I think that the trick in what you just said there is for the rest of the year, right? Like you can't just do it for a couple of weeks and stop, right? It's not, it's not gonna get you the results you're looking for. Yeah, you know what I think is so funny and, and interesting is when we work with, uh, when we work with some of the bigger teams out there, some of those that are the best with client acquisition, they are fired up. Mm -hmm. They're always working on something. Right, and I, I had a call this morning with a group that uh, two two main uh, advisors doing eight million in production, right? Pretty good numbers yeah. by most standards. So I'm talking to these guys, and I, I asked them. I said, "It's been a little while. I talked to you two years ago. It's been a little while. Catch me up to speed on your business." And they started off, and this went on for 15 minutes of all the things they could be doing better. Hmm. I mean, just. Well, I'll tell you what else we screw up is when we onboard a new client, here's what we're missing. And here's what else. This team member needs, and, and you're going on and on. And then finally, one partner comes up for air and he says, you know, I feel like, he's like, Stephen, I don't know if you know our background or our numbers. And I did. He's like, but we're actually pretty successful. I don't know if you'd gather that by the last 15 minutes of conversation, but we've actually, we do pretty well for ourselves. But what, I, what I'm getting around to on that one is that when you're fired up to make change like that every day, day in and day out, you're going to experiment with some of the stuff that we talked about today. You're going to find your routine and you're going to put up better numbers than you ever have before. Well, you're just hypercritical about everything that you're doing and you're always looking to improve, right? You're never resting on your laurels. So. I'll tell you what helps with that, Kevin, is if you have a good coach. Oh, wow. Boy. What a segue that was. I mean, if right? you have a good coach, you're going to work better strategies. You're going to be more <laughs> consistent with it. I'll no. put the sign up button right down You'll here. You'll have someone who's holding you accountable <laughs> to doing these things. Uh, but no, seriously, we run a great coaching program. If you ever have interest, fill out the consult form on our website. I'm happy to have a call with you or Kevin to talk through. Uh, 
yeah, some of your situations, see how we might be able to help, if at all. Also, do us a favor, subscribe, right? If you're on YouTube, subscribe. If you're listening via podcast, subscribe, right? Uh, and so you can get the season two episodes the moment they're released. You'll get notified. Thanks for joining everybody. 